Welcome to Launch Grow Harvest Podcast, Business Growth Coaching with Connie Buna and Roland Kim. Hi, everybody. My name is Connie Buna. My name's Roland Kim. And we are going to be talking to you today about um, the power of your database. And so the purpose of the conversation today is depending on, uh, regardless of what kind of business you're in, we're going to be talking to you about the power of staying in contact with the people that come into your world as clients, as allied resources, as uh, friends and neighbors, and how you can uh, maximize your service to that sphere of people. If you find anything valuable that you want more information on, please know that anytime reach out to us and we have a strategy and summary document on what we're going to cover today. Excellent. So our mantra is we value your time. We're going to get right into it and let's get started with Connie. Awesome. Tell me about database. So I, I mean, what we want to talk about today is I think it would be great to highlight, in fact, what is a database? That's a group of people that um, your business is serving. It's usually past clients, supporters, people that have been referred to you and possibly people you want to be in business with down the road. Amazing. So I'm a brand new, um, we're going to use a reference uh, as a licensed agent because obviously that's a great reference point to us as realtors. So I'm a brand new realtor. Um, I'm just getting into the business. How do I, how do I take my first step on building my database? A little bit different when you're a brand new realtor versus a seasoned one. So in your case, if I was brand new, I would um, put pen to paper, maybe an Excel spreadsheet and write down every single person that I had the name, phone number and had a relationship with and document who they are and, and what information you have for them and then get into relationship with them. Um, verify the information that you have, see if there could be a supporter for your business or if they already have a cousin or a friend that's um, representing the business as a realtor that, that you're hoping to earn. And then you're going to come up with a strategy. And so you need to figure out what is the plan that you're going to build? What is the way that you're going to communicate with your client and, and the service that you're going to offer them in order to make people your clients? Um, that plan, you know, can be very elaborate or can be very simple as far as calling your client several times a year and sending out a newsletter. So the plan is imperative because it's going to give you something to reference back on mm -hmm. and see how it's working. Yes. Like, yeah. Amazing. One of the things that we hear often, um, whether they're new agents or established agents, is um, sort of that stumbling block piece on what do I do next? What is the plan? What is the system? Can you speak a little bit to um, the natural challenge that comes into play when someone is trying to get creative before they've actually looked at an established, tried, tested, and true system that's working? We see a lot of people get the creativity is exciting, but um, you you run down a path and you haven't really figured out, um, you know, is this something that you can be consistent on? Is this something you can deliver to your clients all the time? And so you might be missing the foundation blocks that are tried true and, and um, provide results to the people around you. Mm -hmm. And so kind of going back to the basics and really figuring out your plan before you start moving forward with it is so imperative. Mm-hmm. That's great. No. Um, what I admire about um, how Roland has built his business over the last 11 years um, is that it has always been very heavily uh, rooted in relationships. 
and in the authenticity of um, wanting to provide amazing service before an actual transaction takes place and well after a transaction has taken place. Um, And I admire the way that you remain loyal and committed to the people in your world to provide items of value, to provide um, updates, to provide your service. Um, Is that something that you've learned over time or is that something that you feel comes naturally to you? Definitely learned over time. So it kind of stems from what is your ideal client? And that's going to change, right? When you first start in a business, you just, you're, you're pleased and proud that anyone's willing to work with you. And it's important. You need to develop clients. You need to develop relationships. And as you move forward, you're ideally going to figure out the right type of client for you. So there's a lot of clients that I might've worked with in my first few years that were not aligned. It's not the right fit. And it's not the type of client I want to work for. So 11 years into my real estate business, I've really clarified who my client is. And my client is someone that um, might not be a close friend, but someone that values me as a realtor. And I'm wanting to provide lifelong real estate service to them. And I recognize that a client is a buyer or a seller, you know, a fraction of their life, 0.1% of their Mm -hmm. life. And so it really comes down to how can I offer value to that person without being salesy. Mm-hmm. And and um, so a little bit came naturally there where I I did learn from, from early on that um, I wanna create a business that's built on giving. So giving to get was the foundation. And when you actually start planning it out and thinking about it, it's so much easier than you think. You know, all the touch points that you are offering your clients, communicating to your clients just need to be built around them. So mm-hmm. how can I make this conversation about you? Mm-hmm. How can I send you a touch point or invite you to an event about you? And so it's not about me. And I, I, I can't remember the last time, um, you know, that I was actively asking people for referrals. They just come to me now when I'm servicing my clients and, and helping them be homeowners. That's amazing. Um, and you touched on something that I think is, is a really powerful point, which is um, give to get or, or um the power of of generosity, um, which is, I think, a fundamental ethos of of many of um, not only who you are as a person, but certainly of, of the businesses that we've created, um, and one of the one of the more fundamental reasons why I think we are in alignment as as business people and as as colleagues and friends. Um, I want to talk a little more about um, the the idea of your what comes naturally to you as creating that system and that might for others not be so so natural. Can you can you think of or can you give some advice to folks out there that might be uh, struggling with you know what I might refer to as writer's block, where they they they're trying hard to think about what touch points or systems they could be implementing. Can you give me um, just a a very quick summary of really simple touch points that are effective ways to communicate to the people in your sphere? Definitely. And mine started from the Millionaire Real Estate Keller Williams book. I just um, downloaded, I think it's the 33 point touch plan Mm -hmm. and we've expanded it a bit since then, but like that's a great starting block to, uh, to work from. Really simple. I think you need to talk to your clients once a quarter. Mm-hmm. And interestingly enough, that has changed now. So it's not necessarily a phone call that's needed anymore. It could be a text. It could be, um, you know, an email or a message over Facebook or a video message. Mm-hmm. But foundationally, you need to communicate with your sphere once a quarter, mm-hmm. you. 
And then that is kind of in my world, my, my hands-on activity. And then I have a lot of things that we create that are operating behind us. And um, that could be a newsletter every month. Um, I have niches that I'm passionate about investing and, and um, other community things. So there's, there's content that we send out on that. I believe twice a year, you should send out a market evaluation, whether that person is planning on selling in the next few years or not. It's just, everyone wants to know more information about their home. Mm -hmm. um, we are, do a really good job of recognizing our clients' birthdays, anniversaries of when they purchased. And um, then we invite them to our six, seven events that we have every year. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, that's, that's a lot mm -hmm. and really simple. Great. And many of the things that you've touched on, you know, we talk about um, the ways in which we um, feed the engine of our business. And and as any business person knows, the engine of your business is, is what is referred to as lead generation, getting into communication with as many, many folks um, as possible. Um, and we think about it in a couple of different ways. We think about it in the ways that um, are um, in your face, the, 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 uh, the, paid for advertising, the flyers that we might be receiving, um, advertisements uh, in newspapers or um, in Google AdWords or on Facebook or on the radio. Uh, those types of marketing efforts can be expensive. And what we also know about those marketing efforts is uh, in order for them to be successful, they have to be consistent. Mm -hmm. And so one piece of advice that I think is really powerful when people are establishing uh, a strategy of, of contacts to the database is really thinking through uh, the spend in terms of how you want to be contacting those folks. Because many of the things that you've touched on, Roland, are, um, are, are virtually free, uh, no hard cost. It's time cost. It's your, your time cost. And of course, we understand um, very acutely that time is your most valuable asset. Um, and picking up the telephone um, and sending a text or making a phone call is is costing you only time as opposed to efforts like um, advertising weekly in a in a publication or sending out those farm mailers which you know can be thousands of dollars a month consistently and so um, when thinking through the touch point strategies it is an important important consideration at any stage of your business to think about consistency. It leads me to another point of our conversation, um, which is the concept of coaching. And if, if, if we can, I'd, I'd love to go there. Do you feel like you're ready to go there? Or would you like to keep talking about database? Yeah. Um, I wanted one more point on database. Like that is the fundamental strategy that I think every realtor needs to focus on. And if you see a realtor launching from, you know, brand new into a successful business within a year or two, mm -hmm. it's because they've done it through database. And then a pivotal point happens. And it's interesting to observe because just like what you mentioned, you talked about a number of different ways of getting business that provide leverage, meaning that things are happening behind the scenes. You aren't doing it yourself, but they cost you money, mm -hmm. right? Whereas the database is not heavy on cost. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people will do, uh, you know, will grow really well through building a database and then they start throwing money at their business. You know, they want it to get easier. They want to do farming. They're going to do mailers and they often have business drop off. Mm -hmm. And we experienced that a little bit. Like in my first five years, I grew a business well into 80 transactions a year with one assistant. Um, and then I kind of wanted it to get easier versus getting better. 
And mm-hmm. so I started spending money on advertising and mailers and, and farming. And um, over the years now, we don't do that anymore. We, we put in our energy into our database. The money that we invest goes into the database. Mm-hmm. And that strategy just continues to year after year, you know, between the two of us consistently produce well over 100 transactions. Nice. Well, and I think that, you know, it, it does speak to the fact that um, we've done a lot of work thinking through what kinds of business, and you touched on that earlier, the kind of person um, you are and the kind of business that you want to run and the kind of uh, client that that feels most um, rewarding for you to be working with. And, you know, there is a place for all different types of businesses. So there are folks that really enjoy um, that uh, I would say uh, old school sort of traditional lead generation model, cold calling, um, and 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 finding and hunting and for business, and and there is some excitement. I know that that's often something I hear as part of feedback from those realtors is they they get a charge from the success that comes through that grind and that consistency. And that um, and that allows them to build a robust and successful business. Um, and so, if that's if that's somebody's passion and if that's their sweet spot, um, there's there are so many ways to um, allow that to flourish and grow. Um, and I think that I think that what what most agents that follow that path realize is that um, at a certain point, if you continue to develop and and massage those relationships. Um, then it, it, all of the activities feel a little bit lighter, feel a little bit easier. Would you agree? hundred percent. And you touch on something there, like what gives you the charge? What What's exciting for you in the business? And correct me if I'm wrong, but what I suggest for you is, <clears throat> same as me, the excitement comes from getting a referral, mm-hmm. from having a repeat client, yes. right? And for me, it's not so much hunting and, and discovering someone that an hour ago I didn't know. It's more getting back into a conversation, receiving a referral and talking to someone that I haven't helped in five years and they're reaching out and they want to upsize. Mm-hmm. That's rewarding for me. Amazing. So you need to figure out what's rewarding for you and build your business around it. Nice. Any other nuggets of value as it relates to database management? Um, you often have people complain, I don't have enough money to build the database. I don't have enough time. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this this saying it's it's so relevant in every part of your life, but I don't believe people have a money or time problem. They have a priority problem mm-hmm. and they don't understand the value of a database. And the database is the blood in your body. Mm-hmm. It's, the, it's, the, it's the foundation of your business. Mm-hmm. So if you can't grow that, if you can't, first of all, develop it, feed it, nurture it, grow it, you're going to struggle. Mm-hmm. We, we tend to buy into a school of thought uh, Roland and I do, um, and and the concept is rooted in the idea of of the one thing. What's the one thing that I can do today, such that by doing it, it will make everything easier. Um, and one of the things that we think about as it relates directly to building, growing, and harvesting your business is how you are managing, feeding, and growing your database. And so if you could give somebody uh, a one thing target, what's the one thing that they could do every day uh, such that by doing it, it would make their business stronger, uh, more valuable and easier to run? Contact 15 people a day. 
And that can be a phone call, that can be a text message, it can be any number of way, of things. But if you communicate it to 15 people a day, three months down the road, your business is blossoming. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's simple. Mm -hmm. But we know we know how to lose weight, but most people struggle at it. It's just simple. It's, you know, less calories, calories in. in. Yeah. <laughs> calories in, calories out. Totally. So simplicity <laughs> has a challenge. Mm -hmm. We don't want to do it. That's awesome. Um, did you learn all these things the hard way? Did you learn all these things on your own? Um, I had, I, again, I lucked out that I followed um, uh, Keller Williams systems and Richard Robbins systems. I um, fell into real estate. A client gave me the Keller Williams real estate millionaire book. And um, another client gave me some leftover Richard Robbins CDs that they found. Mm -hmm. And I kind of poached from it. Mm -hmm. And then I went on the, on the invention pathway and wasted <laughs> a lot of time. Right. Coming up with, uh, you know, creative ideas that uh, might have had a little bit of an impact, but they took me off off course for a while. Mm -hmm. um, you've always been a strong proponent of coaching. Mm -hmm. uh, when did you when did you start coaching? When did you start receiving coaching? Early on, I'd say probably my third year, second year. Okay. And um, I remember back then it felt like such an expensive investment and. Um, Luckily, I did. I did listen to a piece of advice that was, you know, put put the six month budget aside. So you've already invested six to twelve months, and so stop looking for instant results every time you have a meeting with someone, and really look into it's a coach, it's a person on your team, and so it's not the coach's responsibility to make your business bigger. It's your responsibility to bring forward what is it that you need and the coach to lean into you and figure out your style and how can they get more out of you and how can they bring their expertise to the table. Mm -hmm. But too often people are, you know, if you're, um, if you're looking at coaching as a last ditch effort to, to achieve something, that's a struggle. That's kind of like throwing money at a farm or at a mail out and hoping that, you know, it gets you the listings to survive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, in your words, can you describe why coaching matters? There are people who've been there before you um, that can shorten the, the the path for you to reach it, can help you reduce it, uh, reduce mistakes. Mm -hmm. um, you don't need to do it on your own. There's lots of people that want to pour into you, and so coaching is is amazing. You get a, a partner, a, and if you know a team player that's in your in your corner, mm -hmm. and um, just now it's a no brainer. I think I have three coaches right now, mm -hmm. right for different parts of my business and different parts of my life, and. I never thought I'd have, you know, three coaches. Mm -hmm. um, are you open to sharing a little bit about how coaching has changed your your life and your business? Um, it's made me focus in on, on areas that, um, that I'm not that great at, but I want to improve and are worth improving. And then a big, you know, a, a discovery I, I had a couple of years ago from a coach was, I think we all m maybe grow up with there's things that we're good at and there's things that we struggle with. And we always feel that we need to um, fix the things that we're not that great at. Mm -hmm. And that's a little bit of a fallacy because, you know, um, sure, could I learn how to slam a basketball? Probably, but I'm never going to be a basketball player. I'm not really passionate about it, so I don't need to learn about it versus other things that I'm already good at. And it's kind of like database. I I'm good at database business. And the deeper we go with it, the wider we go with it, you know, the better it gets. Mm -hmm. So, you know, coaching has really opened up my eyes and also shown me things outside of my marketplace. Mm -hmm. um, now I'm constantly 
you know, um, interacting and learning from people across North America, across the world mm -hmm. versus um, my peers in the local business, mm -hmm. local area. Mm -hmm. Coaching, just in a nutshell, has um, simplified the process and opened my eyes. You, you really hit something that for me um, resonates so deeply. I've been engaged now um, with a coach very consistently for almost two years, and it's my first time um, uh, working directly with a business coach. Um, and it's something that has been such a huge eye-opener as it relates to um, identifying blind spots and also uh, confronting my natural tendency sometimes to um, feel frustrated and then want to walk away from something that's that might be challenging. Um, and I, what I think about is often the 30 minutes before my coaching call, sometimes I'm feeling like, I don't want to do this. I have so much stuff to do right now. I'm super busy. Um, and it's often it, it, when I have those feelings before a call, those are often the best calls, mm -hmm. ironically enough. Those are often the calls that allow me to um, really uh, reset my focus. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm so very grateful for the opportunity to um, be in relationship with the coaches that have, have worked with me. Um, certainly, I think it's had such an, such an amazing impact on my life and my, and my business. Yeah, I think you nailed something there, which is, um, I mean, I can count many times that you wanted to quit coaching because you were too busy. <laughs> and then two hours later, you're like, oh my God, that was the best call ever. Mm -hmm. So um, it's kind of like going to the gym. You know, like there's, there are people that um, look forward to coaching. There are people that look forward to going to the gym. I don't know about you. I often am so busy. I don't want to go to the gym. Mm -hmm. I think the coaching call could be delayed, but just like you, when I'm in it, and really like getting value out of it, it becomes a no brainer. You're like, why did I, you know, why did I contemplate a couple hours ago skipping this? Yes, absolutely. Um, so how do you respond to somebody? Um, you know, we encounter so many different uh, business people and, and uh, agents in the marketplace. And it's a, it's a, it's truly a delightful experience to um, be able to encounter so many different personalities and, and so many different mindsets. Um, how do you respond to somebody when they say, I don't need coaching. Coaching doesn't work for me. Yeah. It's, you hear that a lot. Um, I, I, I now respond to it that there's something holding them back mm -hmm. and it might not be the right time. It doesn't mean it has to happen at that point, but um, I've, been around long enough to realize that everyone needs coaching. Mm -hmm. um, some people just might not be open to it. Awesome. And so it's a matter of, um, you know, maybe pushing the conversation a bit further and seeing, um, you know, what's working right now in the world. Quite quickly, they'll go to um, what's not working and then ask them, well, in two years, if, you know, that thing that right now is a little bit of an itch at the side of your leg and if that becomes a bigger problem, um, would, you, would you be regretful? And they'll be like, oh yeah, in two years I have this solved. And then you often bring up, well, two years ago, you probably didn't have this solved and you were still thinking about it. Mm -hmm. And then they usually have an aha moment where they're like, well, if I would have already been able to achieve it, resolve it or get through it in the last few years, I, I, I should have. Mm -hmm. And since I'm doing nothing different right now, yes. what's, what's going to cause the result I want? That's awesome. Thank you. Um, in closing, it really makes me think of, uh, of a great book that we've, um, we read last year and I'm diving back into Atomic Habits. 
and the power of um, incorporating uh, good habits into your life and how challenging that can be. Um, and so it, for the next segment, I, I think it would be exciting for us to talk a little bit more about um, the, the good habit of coaching. Thank you so much for listening, gang. I'm Connie Buna. I'm Roland Kim. And if you found value in anything we said, reach out to us and we'd love to get you the summary. Thanks. <laughs>